broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. Right. Well, it is. You know, I think that's, we, we talk to our guys about first and foremost, you know, everything that we do is to make sure we protect playing fast. So if we start feeling like we're getting too much in, we're thinking too much, we'll, you know, calm that down. But, um, you know, fast, physical, and ball out is kind of the three things that we talk about a lot. Fast, physical, and ball out. That doesn't get you going. Uh, I don't know what uh, would, especially as a defensive player, uh, when when your coach is talking uh, in, in that language, uh, and in that context, um, and that's what Gus Bradley does. That's what he's brought uh, to this Raiders defense um, in order to essentially unleash them, stop having them play thinking and and uh, oversaturated, and having to dig deep into a defensive playbook that nobody's ever going to be able to get to, let alone understand entirely, and then go out on the football field and play tentatively. Uh, and play with a lack of command, and think too much, uh, and be hesitant. That's not how you play defense. Defenses are, by definition, attacking, flying around, going to make plays, obviously knowing your assignment, but when the assignment is easy to digest, well-coached, well-explained, well-taught, you're going to create a group of players that play with a command, that play with a... Uh, urgency and that play with the speed. And we're starting to see that with this Raiders defense. It's only been two games under the direction of Gus Bradley. Uh, And, you know, he came aboard in January and it was uh, full bore ahead from that point on, whether you're talking about uh, acquiring players, um, getting into OTAs and the offseason program, digging into the uh, playbook installing, um, you know, in OTAs, in mini camp, then in, in, in training camp. It's not been a long time, yet this defense is playing exactly how he wants it to, fast and furious and balling out, um, and it's, it's helped and in some cases led the Raiders to two wins in the first two games against two quality oppo- opponents in the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're listening to In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday. I'm here live at the the Raiders practice facility in Henderson. The Raiders wrapped up their basically their heavy day uh, Thursday here uh, at, at, at the practice facility, and now it'll be a light practice tomorrow uh, as they get set for the Miami Dolphins. And Lincoln Kennedy, you know this as well as anybody, uh, when it comes to playing anything, whether you're a baseball player, a football player, a basketball player, when you understand what you're doing and actually – uh, you know, uh, even just as importantly, buy into what you're doing, believe in what you're being asked to do. That creates a confidence, it creates a command, and it creates and it, and it unleashes your ability to just go play fast and do your job and, and play in attack mode. Yes, very true. Um, good to be with you, Vinny. Um, yeah, I mean, look, that's what every coach wants. They, all, first of all, they come into a system, they, they tell you they want you to buy in their philosophy. They want you to support their philosophy, and then they want you to go out there and execute, and they want you to execute at full speed. So, yeah, all those things that you're saying are absolutely right. So, of the uh, you know, when you watch this defense, and and you know, obviously you pay attention to it. You're up in the booth calling the game, and and you're high above the action, so you got a really good vantage point. What do you like about what this defense is doing? I initially like the energy that's been out, been been dished out. I mean. The fact is that, you know, like when the corners are playing press, it's not easy to play press man in this in in, in this day and age, especially with some of the receivers you have around the league. But they, they showcase they show off their talent. They're really good at what they're doing. They're secure at what they're doing. Um, I like the fact that the linebackers have been active. Uh, the, the secondary has been active. Linebackers have been active and the defensive line. I mean, everybody to see overall activity when you can generate a rush, something we hadn't really seen a lot of in the last couple of years generate a rush with those front four guys. I like that. I like to see them getting penetration. I like to see them pushing guys back and collapsing the pocket and making quarterbacks uncomfortable. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I, it all starts 
on that defensive line. The Raiders did a really good job, and we talked about it all summer, uh, Lincoln, and really going back to OTAs, kind of projecting forward. But when you you know, when you start talking about Max Crosby and Unique Ngakwe and uh, uh, Gerald McCoy, unfortunately for him, he's, he's out for the season, but Solomon Thomas – uh, and and you know Jonathan Hankins and Clee Farrell and they drafted Malcolm Kuntz uh, and Quentin Jefferson who's been a good solid football player uh, for the Raiders and Darius Phylon you know they net, they didn't leave any stone unturned on that defensive line and and Lincoln I, I you know talked a lot about this in the off season even when the Raiders were six and two last year their highest point and everyone was congratulating them and everyone was patting them uh, on the back uh, you know. My job, I'm trying to get to the bottom of things, and so I'm reaching out to people and, you know, hey, how you feeling? What are you thinking? You know, not necessarily up there on the podium and all that kind of stuff, but, uh, but you know, in, in, in different types of settings and conversations. And, Lincoln, this was the reaction that I was always getting. Uh, yeah, but it's a lot that they need to – you know, their, their quotes to me were, there's a lot we still need to do. Got to get a pass rush. Got to figure out a pass rush. Uh, got to figure out a way to get more turnovers. Got to figure out a way to get teams off the field on third down. And it, there was a resignation um, and an acknowledgement that it's probably not going to happen this year. It's not going to be something that we're going to be able to truly address this year because it was a talent issue first and foremost. And, you know, couple that with probably, you know, not, not the best coaching staff for that particular, you know, group of players and et cetera, et cetera. So there, there was an understanding, like, this is something that we're going to have to get to in the offseason. They weren't satisfied at all, even if they made the playoffs last year, even if they had hung on and won some of those games that they did at the end of this, that they didn't at the end of the season. There was no question that they were going to go into this particular offseason saying, we've got to get this defensive line squared away. We've got to create depth. We've got to create pressure on the quarterback. We've got to start forcing some more turnovers. We have to get better defensively. And so it was never any kind of a patting themselves on the back or we've arrived when they were 6-2 and two last year. There was a real acknowledgement like, mm, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. And credit John Gruden and credit Mike Mayock for getting that work done in the offseason. Well, they knew it. They knew there was a lot of work to be done. That's why Paul Gunther was fired early in the season last year. And, and, and you know, they were steadily trying to figure things out. Um, and then some of the pieces they had in place just didn't work. I mean, call it like it is. Some of the free agent signings didn't work. And even when they were, at that, as you said, they're at their best or the best record they had. You know that the, the I was telling people all along, careful what you wish for. If this team gets in the playoffs and goes to a playoff a caliber team, they're going to get smashed because there were just too many inconsistencies. And having to score that many points week in and week out weren't, is, isn't, necessary, isn't necessarily easy. But, you know, look, I, I agree. Going and getting Gus Bradley early, um, as soon as the season's over, looking for a defensive coordinator, doing that first, putting the pieces together after the after that. I knew, you know, there were some big changes when I saw the number and the quality of guys that was in that defensive line room before training camp. I mean, it was just like there was some notable names. I said they're going to have some hard decisions to, to, to make. And then when you come down to seeing that the what they kept afterwards – for the rotation standards, I mean, you knew that they were really putting a premium on rushing a quarterback, and I think they've achieved that. Yeah, and then I got to ask you this, Lincoln, um, as we you know start uh, peeking ahead now to the Miami Dolphins and kind of getting into the middle of this of this work week and this practice week. Um, are you surprised that it's uh, happened as quickly as it's happened uh, for for the defense? Or you know, and I, they, they're going to get better. I believe uh, that that they are. I think that group is going to get better as the season goes on, provided they stay healthy, of course. But I guess what I'm asking is, given how there were a lot of new faces on this defense, you bring in a new cornerback in Casey Hayward, Unique and Gogway, Quentin Jefferson, Darius Phylon, um, you know Solomon Thomas, and then linebackers KJ Wright uh, and Denzel Perryman coming on at what, the last week of the preseason and in, in KJ's uh, case, the, the Monday before the first game uh, of, of the season, there were a lot of new faces. Uh, Nate you know, Hobbs, the rookie from uh, Illinois start, uh, as a starter. Trevon Morig, a rookie starter at, at free safety. I guess what I'm asking you is, are you surprised at the level of play that they've already showed this early in spite of all those changes and on top of all that, a new system in Gus Bradley? Well, no, because a lot of the names that you said were familiar with Gus Bradley's system. They were coached by him. Mm -hmm. So, no, I'm not surprised that it happened. And more importantly, like somebody for like K.J. Wright, 
you're on a one-year deal. You prove it. You know, um, and and you know, for Denzel Perryman, you know, I, I have to believe that all the news that was surrounding him was, hey, the guy's a decent player, but he can't stay on the field. He can't stay healthy. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why Carolina was so anxious to, or so enthusiastic to get rid of him. You know what? Hey, you, you guys want him. We don't need him. He's hurt again. He hasn't really done too much in training camp. So we don't really know. We're going to move on without him. But he comes into a system where he knows Gus Bradley. He knows how to, he know, knows what's expected from his position and, and there's responsibilities. And he's been out there playing at a high speed because he, he's familiar with it. So to answer your question, I'm not surprised. Um, these guys, the guys that you mentioned, were were at under the system at one point or another, and they're just trying to play football. Yeah, they are. Um, I guess for me, just because it was so bad last year, uh, Lincoln, and I, 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 watching it throughout uh, the off season and in training camp, I just felt like it it was going to be better. But you know, there's always that until you see it, you're you're not gonna you know fully buy into it. And especially with as bad as they were in the last couple of years, you don't want to like assume anything because we've seen how bad it can be. But so in in, in some ways, I am a little bit surprised because um, I get and, and again, it's, it might be because of what the lasting impression of was last year, where it was just so disconnected, uh, especially in important situations. I just see gang tackling this year. Uh, I see guys flying to the football. I see Corey Littleton, you know, quietly having a pretty decent year so far. High volume, right, with the tackles. Uh, You know, Perryman just kind of seamlessly moving into the starting lineup. Now is the leader in tackles with 22 coming off a a 12-tackle performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Casey Hayward is one of the highest-ranked cornerbacks in the NFL. I'm not saying all this is going to stay status quo, but if they can stay relatively close, there's really no reason why this defense will deviate too much. So, uh, again, more for me, the lasting impressions of last year and how much of a struggle it was to see competency and uh, efficiency this early is a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, but we're going to first, let's take a look at uh, the injury report. Uh, it's such an important day in the whole scheme of things. We thought we saw Josh Jacobs uh, wearing a red jersey during uh, the early portion of Raiders practice, but we misidentified him. So we apologize any of us that tweeted out that Josh Jacobs was out during early outs of Raiders practice. That was not the case. Uh, he was once again, uh, did not participate uh, with the ankle injury, so it's looking bleaker and bleaker that Josh Jacobs is going to be on the field uh, on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. You know, um, Lincoln, in, 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 in certain cases, obviously, you want your guys to get healthy, and you know, you're trying to buy a little bit of time here or there. Maybe the way the Miami Dolphins are struggling offensively right now, of course you don't want to assume anything. But maybe if there's one more game that he can sit out where you feel comfortable that they can still get the job done, maybe this is maybe this is the game. Well, if they say it's an ankle injury or a toe injury, whichever one they want to list it as, I mean, I've, I've had my fair share. And, you know, the thing is that the, the way he runs, he runs so hard. It usually leaves tacklers to, to hang on his ankle or down by his legs when he's trying to drag people. And sometimes those guys, defense guys, will twist it. So, yeah, to answer your point, uh, to, to, kind of, to back up your point, if you don't need him, don't force it because he's more valuable towards the end of the season than he is right now here. Yeah, without question. Uh, so uh, Alec Ingold with the fibula was a full uh, participant. Uh, Josh Jacobs, as we mentioned, did not participate. Richie Incognito still not out there with the calf injury. Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, coming back from the concussion that he suffered in the season opener, was limited today. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, with the back injury, was full again today. I was kept a, uh, a keen eye on Alex Leatherwood. He was moving around fairly well uh, today at practice, so uh, I expect uh, Alex Leatherwood to be out there playing. And Lincoln, you know, when, when the Raiders drafted Alex Leatherwood at Alabama, one of the first things that you heard about him uh, based on their scouting report and their intelligence, was this is a guy who loved to play football and didn't miss games. So no big surprise that even with you know I'm sure he's not 100. percent I'm sure there's you know uh, that he's that he's experiencing some pain. But big number 70 has decided I'm not missing any practices. I'm going to be out there on the on the field on Sunday. That's that's a good sign. That's a true professional. They need him. Yeah, and you know especially with how things have gone at right tackle <laughs> the last couple of years with the uh, predecessor. True story who just never seemed to want to play, uh, but we'll just leave that in the past. Uh, Dalen Levitt uh, with the concussion, and he took a 
you know, that was a pretty hellacious hit uh, on, on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, we hope the best uh, for Dalen. Uh, he's, he was not participating again today with the concussion. Uh, Carl Nassib uh, was limited with the pectoral and toe. It sounds like that's kind of an injury that they're just going to manage. Both of those injuries, they're just going to manage and just, you know, get him into a right place. Uh, on Sundays to go do his thing. Carl Nassib Lincoln is having a pretty good year, uh, you know, uh, all things considered, especially coming off the year that he had last year. Um, pretty darn good start to the season for him. I, I agree. I mean, and it's good to see, a good sign, uh, good to see because I was thinking that he was going to be one of those casualties coming out of training camp with all the names that were listed, but it is good to see that he's making the best of his opportunities. Another player like Max Crosby, you can you can tell that uh, there was um, a, a sense of urgency and some real diligence in what they did in terms of working out because uh, from OTAs on, uh, he's been flying around the, the, the practice field as well. Looked like he's in better shape. Um, looked like he was dialed in from the very beginning. So uh, credit uh, to Carl for uh, responding to what was a bad year last year. There's no question about it. I'm sure he'd be the first person uh, to tell you that. Unique Ngakwe with the hamstring uh, was full today. Uh, Darius Phylon with a knee injury was limited uh, today. Uh, Roderick Teamer with an ankle, this young safety, uh, did not participate. He's just kind of, you know, uh, not quite sure what the ankle injury is. It sounds like it's a, maybe it's a, a pretty good sprain, but, you know, haven't seen much of uh, Roderick uh, these first three weeks. So um, wondering if he's going uh, to uh, be back anytime soon. And then Jonathan Abram uh, listed with an Achilles, and um, he was a full participant today, but there was a scary moment, I got to say, uh, Lincoln. It was during, you know, they were, they were getting some conditioning work in to start practice. They were in the, it was the, during the indoor uh, portion of their practice today. And all of a sudden, there's number 24 taking a knee and kind of grabbing. I, I, I don't want to say if it was his right or his left, but he, he was grabbing a lower leg uh, area. Had to get, uh, you know, helped up. Uh, then walked fairly gingerly uh, to the trainer's room. This was to start practice today in the indoor facility, and everyone kind of held their breath a little bit. Um, thankfully, Jonathan uh, was back out uh, when, when they moved to the outdoor uh, part uh, portion of their practice, you know, finally rejoined the team and was out there. You know, I'm not going to say he was moving around fantastically, but he was moving around out there. But, man... Lincoln, have you ever been in a situation where just out of the blue, non-contact, nothing football-related necessarily, all of a sudden one of your teammates goes down? Oh uh, no, I don't. I don't think I could ever remember that. But I mean, I, I know when you don't need certain times, like for foot injuries. I had plantar fasciitis in both feet at one time in my career, and that was one of the most more painful things that I ever experienced. So yeah, I mean, it, those freakish things do happen. Yeah, and you know he Jonathan's playing so well right now. I mean, uh, you know, again, a lot of this is we're basing what we've seen in the past, and all of a sudden here's Jonathan Abram, you know, settled down, uh, level-headed, is playing efficiently, uh, making plays, doing what the defense is asking him to do. So, you know, uh, everyone was a little anxious there for for a few minutes because very uh, quickly into the season at this new position, Lincoln. He's become a big, big part of that defense now and, and an important part of the defense. Yeah, and his, his role is probably going to increase because there are times they were bringing in Dalen Levitt to help with their dime scheme. And if Dalen's not going to be playing this game, this game then Abram's going to be out there in that scheme where you put him back in space and, he, and he make, he's going to make him cover. So I don't know if they have another answer or if another person they're going to go, but um, I'm hoping for the best. Wanted to ask you about that because uh, the Raiders did sign HaHa Clinton Dix. Uh, oh, did they? Yeah, about a week okay. and a half ago. So he's been mm -hmm. on the uh, practice squad, and I wanted to ask you about that because, you know, a, a concussion, uh, um, you know, he's not – Dalen's not practicing yet. Uh, that might be a, a sign that he might not be able to go on Sunday. But uh, Clinton Dix, the name obviously resonates, but, you know, what – from your recollection, and it's been a little while since he's played. I think it's I, – I don't think he played last year. I think he last played – Was he on Dallas's roster last year? I, he was on. He might have been on a roster, but um, I'm not quite sure he played. I'm going to double check where that. Where did I see him at? Yeah, um, experience is just more experience. He's experienced. They, they, he ran a similar system when he was with um, what was it the Packers? Oh, the Packers. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah, they ran a similar system then, coverage-wise. So it's just experience. Having a safety that knows that, that that's been experienced in the league. Not again. He struggles in space, so you're not going to have him cover up on on try to cover people. But you know, depending on uh, you know what they do in the in the absence of Dalen Levitt, um, he could probably be serviceable um, and, and play a few a few snaps. You know, Lincoln. Uh, I don't know if if uh, your career ever got to this point, um, but. You know, um, guys like Haha Clinton Dix, and and there's a few others that come to mind that are literally on practice squads now. These are name players that um, are are now on practice squads uh, because of COVID nineteen last year. The NFL and the NFL Players Association came to an agreement to increase the practice squads. Uh, I think from twelve to ten to sixteen. I think it was. I think they added six mm-hmm. more positions on the on the practice squad. Four of those spots on the practice squad uh, was free to be given to anybody. It didn't matter how many. Usually, typically, prior to COVID-19, your practice squad players were limited to players that had uh, very, very, very limited exposure to the NFL. There was like a game um, count that you could, or you know, how many weeks you were on our active roster, that sort of thing. So there was a point where players just become ineligible to go onto a practice squad because they've accrued too much experience in the NFL. Well, because of COVID-19 and some of the uncertainty that it created with rosters and who is going to be available on a week-to-week basis and kind of the need to almost have a taxi squad of veteran players that you can tap into if needed, they, they allowed for four spots on the practice squad to go to anybody. It could have been uh, you know, uh, Brett Favre could have come out in, uh, of retirement and gone on to a, uh, a practice squad. Didn't matter how much experience uh, he had. So that's why Sam Young was, you know, uh, started out on the practice squad. Theo Riddick last year started on the practice squad. In years past, they would have been completely ineligible. And so my question to you is, and, you know, that, that, that rule carried over to this year, and I'm kind of hoping that it will uh, stay forever. Because I think there's players like Haha Clinton Dix and you know maybe Sam Young and Theo Riddick a lot more than we know that understand like look it might be difficult for me to start a season on the 53 man roster but you know what I want to stay involved in the game I want to make you know it's eleven thousand dollars or so a week at that at that at that stage uh, it's not great money compared to what you're getting as an active uh, part, you know player on an active roster but it's still pretty darn good money when you're thinking about eleven thousand dollars or so per week. And I think players like that were aced out in the past because they had too much, you know, they, they, they exercised or exhausted their eligibility. Do you think that there's, this is a rule that should stick? And do you think that there's players that are toward the end of their career, maybe, you know, late thir- mid-30s or so, or that, that just want to kind of stick around for a year or two for an opportunity to play a little bit longer, even if it means taking a drastic pay cut like that? Well, I mean, look, I, I think when you have somebody like Clinton Dix, who was a first-round pick, right? I think, mm-hmm. if, if I'm not mistaken, he, yeah, he was a first-round pick yes. out of Alabama. So had you know had that had that combination of winning. Um, but recently, he's been on a number of teams. So I just pulled him up. He was with the 49ers last year, the Cowboys the year before, and the Bears the year before that. You know, so he's been passed around a little bit. He's looking for an opportunity to make a team. Right. And when you have that type of experience and that type of talent, obviously to get him drafted in the first round, you know, you, it kind of leads you to wonder. But he, when his first four years being with Green Bay, uh, before he, he moved on, he's just trying to find a place where he can you know, find a place that's home where he can stick. And this might be a, a good chance for him because the Raiders, even though they've got, you know, they, they have Trayvon Morrig has been playing decent. It's still a young safety crew. So you and, and and again, you know what the uh, struggles with Abrams. So it's good to have experience at the safety position, especially. That might not be the great example because you know he is still a relatively young player. But but the theoretics of the world that again, you know that that would have been out of a job entirely because of rules that that say, hey, I might have one or two good years left, or uh, be able to help a team another year or two. Let me go yeah. on this practice squad and um, and stick around just in case an injury happens, make a little bit of money, but also have that opportunity. I think there's more players that are in that category than, than we might think. Um, others are just like, for $11,000, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to move on with my life, uh, and it's time to go. Uh, but, but I do think there's theoretics, plenty of them, uh, that, that would be open to, to that kind of a role. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM 
on a Thursday. When we get back, Jason McCormick from Station Casinos. He's the vice president of race and sports. And he's going to talk to us about gaming things and point spreads and all that kind of stuff. So join us on the other side and hear from Jason McCormick from Stations Casino. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at L Kennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador on a Thursday, uh, a few days away from the Raiders playing their second game in front of fans over at Allegiant Stadium. They welcome the Miami Dolphins and Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback replacing uh, Tua, who unfortunately has uh, some fractured ribs and he's not going to be able to play for a little while. Uh, all the best uh, to him. Uh, but we would like to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our friend from Station Casinos, Jason McCormick. Uh, he is the Vice President of Race and Sports. Jason, how are you doing, my friend? Thank you for spending some time with us in the huddle. No, thank you guys so much for having me. And uh, it's it's football season, so I'm, I'm doing great and uh, looking forward to uh, the games getting underway. I'm sure you are, and I got to ask this. Uh, I, there's a game tonight. There's, or I think there's a college game. There's an NFL game tonight, and I'm sure there's college football tonight. I think there was college football last night. There will be college football on Friday, including UNLV, I think, is playing Fresno State tomorrow night. How do you guys keep track of all this uh, with a schedule now that's become more and more kind of unorthodox, I guess is the word? It's just spread out so much with how these teams play. Uh, and how does that? how do you account for that? when a team might be playing on a Tuesday night or a Friday after playing a Saturday? Yeah, I mean, we, we love it from the sportsbook side of things. Again, anytime that there's uh, games on, we're going to get handle. And when you have these isolated games, um, you know, like tonight we have Marshall playing Appalachian State. And if that game was on a Saturday, you know, it might just get mixed in the fold. But the fact that it's on a Thursday night, you're going to get a lot more handle to it. Um, these teams get more exposure to where when they go and play on Saturday, somebody feels like they, they know the teams, they watch these teams play. So all the games that are on isolated days, uh, it's, it's great for us because fans get to know those guys. And like you said, it's from a handicapping standpoint and a bookmaking standpoint, you're always looking at who had extra rest, who had extra time, who's going to you know come with something special because they're on national TV. Jason, uh, I don't want to uh, say anyone was right or wrong. I don't exactly know everything that goes into uh, what creates a line in a football game. Uh, but from who was favored and who wasn't favored for the Raiders to start the season, um, somebody missed, <laughs> let's put it that way. And I know that recency bias, I'm sure, has a little bit to do with it, but the Raiders started both games, uh, or, or their first two games of the year, they were really the decided uh, underdogs. Um, were they just flat-out seen as the lesser team against the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, or is there is, are other things going on in order to get as much action as you possibly can in that regard? No, I, I think that, yeah, the, the Raiders are an undervalued team at this point. I mean, after two weeks, they're, they're definitely turning some heads. But, you know, as we were coming into this season, they were sitting essentially fourth in the AFC West, this, this expected to be behind the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos um, with a, a good offense, but a, really a lot of question marks on that in that defensive secondary. And obviously with that, you know, that first game going up against the Ravens, that's a, you know, a team that's expected to make the playoffs with a, a dynamic, dynamic quarterback. And um, obviously the, the home game, that Monday night atmosphere, and kind of the miracle that the Raiders pulled off and you know to expect them to come back and bounce back and have a big game in Pittsburgh uh, was not something that that I saw and and just uh, amazing that they they did it again the downfield field passing coming from Carr uh, Max Crosby's been you know uh, absolutely fantastic so they're putting everything together on both sides of the field and and now they have a Dolphin team coming to town that's uh, banged up and, and it looks like another great spot for the Raiders. We're talking with Jason McCormick from Station Casino. Jason, what ha if has the Super Bowl line for the Raiders? Have the odds moved or changed? And, and, and so to tell us what it is. 
Yeah, they're, they're dropping uh, with, with each win. Um, they're down to 25 to 1. They were as high as 55 to 1. And again, remember, we're, you know, in the local market here from a station casino standpoint. So, um, you know, sitting with our casinos in the footprint of Raider Nation, um, we get a lot of action on the Raiders and a lot of people cheering, um, much similar to what we saw with the Golden Knights, um, where, where, where you see the fan bases really backing this local team. Jason, not all two and O's are equal, and uh, I cover the Raiders for the Las Vegas Review Journal. I was there last year when they started two and O, but this definitely feels different from my perspective, just covering the team and what I see and who I talk to and how they're carrying themselves, how they're winning football games. Is it different to you guys? Um, hundred percent. I, you can make the argument that they're the best two and O team in the league with the teams that they've beat. Um, obviously, you know, the Bucks stand out uh, from the way that they've won games and obviously Tom Brady and the fact that they're the returning Super Bowl champions, but you cannot mistake what the Raiders have done here in these first two games, uh, and the way that they're playing. Jason, what about the line in the, this weekend's Raiders game? How much, uh, how much have you seen? How much action have you seen? And has the line changed? Yeah, so I mean, obviously the line had a lot going into it this week with the the Tua uh, injury, with Carr being questionable. Um, we've still got some question marks on the uh, backside of the running game with Jacobs and Leatherwood, uh, but they they would have been under a field goal favorite. Um, if Tua was was playing in this game, um, and with the movement to Brissett, the game has gone north of a field goal. Uh, when it went as high as four and a half, we're down to four right now. Um, there actually has been um, some sharp action on the on the Dolphins, um, and I think a little bit of that has to go into that. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of an overreaction on both parts, and that the Raiders have looked so incredibly good in beating the Ravens. Uh, and the Steelers and the Dolphins really laid an egg uh, last week uh, at home against Buffalo. So kind of working uh, in the wrong direction where the public's going to kind of overvalue the Raiders. So potentially the Shark guys are going to be on the Dolphins. We're talking to Jason McCormick uh, from Station, Station Casinos. He's the vice president of uh, race and sports uh, over at uh, Station's Casino. Jason, um, Allegiant Stadium was electric on Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I expect that to be more the norm um, than the outlier. And I'm wondering, from you guys' perspective, have you, have, have, have you accounted for the effect that Allegiant Stadium can, already has had and will continue to have? Yeah, I think it's a it's a growing process, and I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. And that um, without the fans there last year, they struggled a little bit at home. And I think Allegiant Stadium is going to be a significant home field advantage um, for the Raiders. I, I was there when they played the Seattle in the preseason game, and I, I don't know how many regular season games going to be able to get to. Uh, but you can just hear how loud that building is. And so, um, you know, when you talk about other stadiums around the league that are able to, you know, get a couple of those. Uh, offsides and and uh, the, the other teams not able to hear their play calls. I think that's what Allegiant Stadium is going to be. Jason, last one for me. I'm really looking forward to seeing the Packers take on the 49ers. In the past, the 49ers have had their number, and the 49ers are looking strong uh, as well. How has the line been on that for that game? Yeah, we've, it um, was as high as three and a half, and now we're right sitting right at a field goal. This game is really, really interesting in the fact that you talked about it, that the Niners had their number um, when, when the Packers had to travel out there uh, for that playoff game in the year before, and a lot of that was done in the running game. Um, and with the injuries that the Niners are having uh, and kind of unknown whether it's going to be Sermon or Mitchell or who's actually going to be available in that backfield, um, that's normally where they've been able to power through the Packers. And the guy that's done the damage for the Packers has been uh, Devontae Adams. He's been absolutely unstoppable when um, he faces the Niner. I think the last two games against them, he's been you know 10 catches for 173 yards and nine catches for 138. So if the Niners can find a way to slow Devontae Adams down, um, they got to find a way to stay in that game. And I think the other guy that's got to be big for the Niners is uh, Kittle's got to find a way to get in the game. He, he did so in Detroit, uh, but he kind of disappeared in the ugly game last week against Philadelphia. Well, before we get to the game that I'm going to keep my eye on, aside from the Raiders, uh, obviously against the Dolphins, there's a game that I got my eye on for sure. Uh, Jason, if you could let the listeners know about the uh, uh, STN uh, app that you guys have going on and and, uh, how it can make their lives a little bit easier in what they like to do when it comes to betting sports. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the ability to be able to bet sports from the palm of your hand, wherever you're at, not have to come into any of the books to, uh, to wait in line for your games. Um, we've got a, a currently a 10% bonus going on. So all new signups, uh, you get 10% of whatever your deposit amount in free bets. 
Um, so we get you signed up really fast, less than five minutes. Uh, you can then deposit while you're at the property or you can deposit through the app. Um, so once you make a trip into the book to get signed up, you're all set and ready to go for the rest of the season. And obviously with uh, hockey season coming upon us in the next two weeks and NBA behind that, uh, you'll get yourself ready for all the sports. All right. Uh, so I got two questions for you. Uh, first, uh, totally understand that 49ers-Packers uh, game uh, might be the highlight game of the week. But I got my eye uh, on the Rams hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. He used to cover the Rams, so I always uh, keep an eye on those guys uh, over there in Los Angeles. What are you expecting in that game? I'm ex- it's the highest total on the board this week. It's 55.5 points. Um, and one of the things that I look at in this game is that the Rams' defense is normally that, you know, the top – three defense in the league, and they have not, to me, um, you know, the Bears effectively moved the ball in week one, and the Colts were really kind of up and down the field on them and stalled a couple times in the red zone, um, but they were able to move the ball as well. Um, Tampa Bay is obviously moving the ball on ever whoever they play, and, and Brady is putting up just absolutely incredible touchdown numbers uh, to Godwin and, and Gronk. The one thing that I really looked at in this game was uh, – the backfield, obviously Henderson may be banged up a little bit for the Rams, and we're going to see uh, Sony Michelle. But I found an interesting stat that the Rams have, uh, they play with the empty back set more than any team in the NFL. And the Bucks have the 30th ranked defense against empty sets. So if there's a, a matchup that Sean McVay can exploit, um, and, and the way Cooper Cup and, and Stafford is hooked up here early in the season, um, we'll see if the Rams can try and outscore the Bucks in this one. Yeah, uh, the the Stafford Cooper Cup uh, combination has quickly grown into one of the more lethal combinations uh, in the NFL, and I think this is a big week for those two, uh, especially for exactly what what you just mentioned. All right, last question for me, uh, Jason. The NBA, I, I love the NBA, um, and I'm just wondering going into the season: is it a shoe in with the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets, uh, or? Are we seeing? Are, are, can we expect to see something different than what? I mean, it almost seems so obvious that those two teams are going to play each other in the finals. Well, you 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 essentially answered your own question with Uh-oh. last year. I would I would have said the Lakers and Nets were a were a shoe in last year, and and the injuries that happened to to all these guys, you know, allowed us to see different teams and see the Suns and the Bucks, and um, obviously you've got capable teams around the league, but if um, if the if the you know the the head and shoulders of the league and these guys aren't able to stay healthy and get on the court, it's going to open the door for other teams. Absolutely. Jason, thanks so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, again, uh, don't forget to uh, download the, uh, the ST um, uh, Sports app. Um, it makes life a lot easier if that's the world uh, that you like to operate uh, in. And Jason, one more time, if you could give them the instructions on that. Yeah, just go to any station, casino, Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Uh, just bring in uh, your driver's license, and they'll, like I said, under five minutes, they'll get you signed up, and you'll be able to bet sports uh, on the go. Awesome, Jason. Thanks so much Thanks, for spending some time with us in the huddle. Uh, have a fun weekend. Uh, I know it's going to be a busy weekend, and we'll talk to you down the road, brother. Vinny Lincoln, thank you. You got it. That's Jason McCormick from Station Casinos. He's the vice president of race and sports. And I know that you know living here in Las Vegas, Lincoln, uh, it's, it's prevalent, and uh, it, gets, it just adds an extra element uh, to watching uh, the games, and uh, I'm starting to appreciate it more and, and more. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at LKennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Lincoln, on the teams that you played uh, with, uh, the ones that were successful specifically, at what point um, did you have a pretty good idea that you were a pretty good team? I know everyone goes into a season confident, um, but there's also way more honesty in professional sports than some people probably understand or know. Um, teams know what their flaws are. Teams generally, they're going to go out there and try to win every single game, but they have an inkling a, a lot of times if they're not really that good. But when does, okay, we're pretty good start taking effect usually about the halfway point of the season most of the time around when you get your buy you sort of look back where you are see how you feel look forward to what's ahead of you and 
Um, and if it's especially if it's at the halfway point of the season, you kind of have a, a general idea of where you at where you're at. I'm not going to call you a skeptic right now, uh, but I I just get the the um, I get the feeling listening to uh, how you've described these Raiders so far. Um, there's still a little bit of reluctance to go there necessarily. With yes. Them. Why? Because it's only two games. The Raiders don't have a run game right now. The offensive line is extremely battered um, and and still inexperienced in many ways together. Um, and we've seen these fast starts before. Is there anything different, though, about this fast start to you? Yes, the defense. Is that enough? I mean, like, like – that changes. Things. Is it enough for what? Is it enough um, to even if even if this 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 run game is somewhat of a struggle throughout the year? Is the we know that they can throw the ball, we know they can manufacture yards, we mo- we know that they can score points, and they've done it against two pretty good defenses uh, already. Is that defense the way that defense is playing? And of course, it's if it can hold up. But is if that defense continues to play well, is that enough to maybe compensate for the fact that it might be a little bit of a struggle this year with the run game? I I, I tell you what, what will be a true telltale sign is this week against the Dolphins because they're supposed to beat the Dolphins. Okay, if they go out there and they handle the Dolphins, I'll be a little bit more, you know, a little bit more less skeptical, if you will, because I am skeptical. I'm I'm, I'm not going to deny it. I've seen this team. I've seen this team before. I mean, I've seen this happen before. They weren't supposed to beat these first two teams. There were a lot of people who thought that, you know what, if we could start off one and one after they got the Monday night win, we can start off one and one. Okay, that's all right. Now you've got a lot, some people saying, well, we should handle the Dolphins, and now we need to look, look to the Chargers. Look, that's not going to be an easy win either you know, on Monday night. So if they take care of business this week in a fashion which is decisive, doesn't come down to iffies or, oh, well, let's hold your breath because here we go, we've got a little, another nail biter, then I, might, I would be less skeptical. I don't expect them to go – through the season undefeated. They're going to have their losses. Of course. But teams that they're supposed to beat, that's what I want to see. Because last year in the second half of the season, that didn't happen. They weren't supposed to lose to the Falcons. You know what I mean? They weren't supposed to let the Jets keep close to them. You see what I mean? That that, that wasn't supposed to happen. And so that was what was disappointing when you think about it. And that's why I'm skeptical. It's only two games. And I see they still have some problems, some which might manifest to major problems. I don't know if they don't if they figure it out, but they should beat the Dolphins. I agree, um, and you know this is one of those one of those games where an easy one sure would be nice. Like like I think the Raiders at, uh, at, in present time are I don't I wouldn't say decidedly better than the Miami Dolphins, but you know they're you just say they're, better. Yeah, they, they're better. Yeah. They're a better football mm-hmm. team than the Miami Dolphins, especially with the Dolphins having some issues along the offensive line and at quarterback. You brought up a good point. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the Chargers game, for anyone who thinks that that's – because I've heard people going, you know, and if they win that game, if they beat the Dolphins, you know, then you've got the Chargers and you, that's going to be a home game. for. I don't care if it's a home game for the Raiders. That Charger team, Lincoln, is a pretty good football team, and I think oh, yeah. they're going to only get better as they get more comfortable – with their new coaching staff, both on offense and defense, that's not going to be a, a gimme. And so, to your point, they have to take care of business against the uh, uh, a Dolphins team that they should beat. Yeah, w- without a doubt. Like I said, last year it didn't always happen. And and you know, you, people say, well, that was last year. This is different. The, there's a difference between this team and last year's team. Obviously, it's with the defense, the play of the defense. Can they keep that level up? Can they be as disruptive when they need to be? This is one of those games where they can they completely can, can control the game. The offensive capabilities, even up against that Miami defense, should be able to uh, score points, and the defense should be able to shut them down. They got they got skunked last week against Buffalo. I'm not saying it's going to be the same team or same difference, but the defense, the way it's been playing the first two weeks, if they're capable of doing that against Sunday against the Dolphins, they should control the game. Yeah, and, and that's why is- I say that. That's when I say that you know what I'm a little less skeptical because now the defense is definitely the difference maker than we didn't have last year. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think that this is a week where you know you don't you don't go into a game expecting this to happen, but you wouldn't be surprised if maybe even take one to the house defensively, or maybe create a couple of 
turnovers that flip the field. These are the games where, with that offensive line playing the way it has, and and if you look at it, the Miami Dolphins have given up a lot of quarterback pressures, and the Raiders are one of the best right now at getting pressure on the quarterback. This is one of those games where you think, don't be shocked if there's a couple of turnovers, and, and again, maybe maybe a, a play that goes to the house like it. Yeah, you're right. I believe it. And sometimes you need your defense to score uh, points, and and with that run game where it is with the Ram or with, for the Raiders, it, it it sure would be nice if they could get one uh, on the other side. We're gonna go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Jose is in L. A. How you doing, Jose? Hey, what's going on, Vinny? What's going on, Lincoln? What's up, bud? Do, doing good, man. Right on, right on. Hey, uh, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you, Lincoln, for all the years of service that you did for the Raiders, man. And uh, uh, any reports on uh, Trey Rogers, um, him possibly, uh, possibly uh, getting the play anytime soon, seeing that uh, in the preseason he uh, ran pretty good between the tackles, and it seems like uh, we could use a nice change of pace back like him. Lincoln, I didn't well, quite – Trey, the- Trey was put, put back on practice squad, wasn't he? Trey Regis? Yeah, he's on yeah. the practice squad. Uh, generally, yeah. especially with where Josh Jacobs is right now health-wise, you'll see him get promoted uh, on the Saturday before the game. Uh, you're allowed to bring up a cut. You know, here's, the, here, here's how it works. Uh, you can expand your roster to 48 from 46 on the game day roster. Remember, it's normally just 46. Mm-hmm. But again, another rule change last year because of COVID-19. You can expand your rosters now to 48 on game day, provided you dress out eight offensive linemen. If you don't, if you, right. if you dress out six offensive linemen or seven offensive linemen, you got to stick to 46. But I expect the Raiders to have eight offensive linemen again this week, and I expect them to go to 48 on the active roster, and I would expect Trey to be one of those players. Whether he gets in the game or not, I don't know. I think that you know, right now they're comfortable with Barber and uh, Kenyon Drake as the two primary running backs uh, in this game until Josh Jacobs gets back. Uh, where a, a guy like Trey is a, is more of an insurance policy, and maybe you get him on the field a little bit here and there. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I thought that Trey ran really well in preseason. I was glad that they were able to keep him, but he's that depth that they need at running back. And I've I've been I've been a, a, you know uh, impressed a little bit with the the limited stuff I saw with Barber out there. Same here, and that's a player that the Raiders really liked uh, when they were able to bring him in off the practice squad. Um, I'm drawing a blank on who, whose practice squad uh, he he came to them on, but it was. And again, we talked about this yesterday, Lincoln. You know, you have pro personnel uh, department that has a book on every player on every roster practice squad regular roster so that when opportunities arise you have a pretty good idea of where you can go to uh, for help especially on that practice squad because aside from four players that you're able to protect where nobody can just swoop in and and take them off your practice squad everybody else the 12, 12 other players on every team's practice squad is open and eligible for any other team to swoop in and say, hey, we want you, we're going to put you on our active roster. So that's how a guy like uh, Peyton Barber became property of the Raiders. Uh, and, and I like, just like Lincoln, I like what I've seen so far uh, from him, and I would expect his role to expand the more Josh Jacobs isn't able to get out there and play. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Thursday, in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. The Las Vegas Raiders are undefeated and will look to stay that way as they host Miami Dolphins. The Raiders looked impressive on both sides of the ball against the Steelers and will now be seeking revenge as the Dolphins stunned the Raiders last year by beating the Silver and Black at Allegiant. But this year's a bit different, as Raider Nation will be in the house. So tune in Sunday starting at 11 for pregame on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. The West Virginia Mountaineers are headed to the Palace of the Prairie in Norman to face number three Oklahoma this Saturday. The Big 12 battle starts at four on ESPN Las Vegas. Brought to you by Finley Toyota. 
We're here for you. Right now at Best Mattress, get two free Tempur-Pedic pillows with the purchase of any Tempur-Pedic mattress. We have a large in-stock selection and up to 72 months no interest financing. Good health starts with great sleep, and great sleep starts right here at Best Mattress. Sleep easy, friends. I'm Justin Watkins with Battleborn Injury Alerts. Some people call an attorney when they hear a catchy jingle or the kids memorize a phone number. But most people ask friends or family who they used because the bottom line is most people just want an attorney who is good at their job and answers the phone. At Battleborn, we have built our practice on the word of mouth referrals from happy clients because we keep our promises and get great results. So if you need an attorney, call Battleborn Injury Lawyers at 570-9000. That's 570-9000. Heroes don't need capes to be noble. Our heroes wear uniforms, badges, and stethoscopes every day to ensure our community remains safe. Finley's Subaru of Las Vegas, along with Custom Jacks, Raising Canes, Distill, Horses for Heroes, Board and Brush, and the Las Vegas Aviators honor our first responders that strive towards a better tomorrow. Nominate a hometown hero who's made an impact in your life at SubaruofLasVegas.com. They could receive a two-night stay at the Casablanca Resort and Casino. SubaruofLasVegas.com. I miss my baby. Someone stole my baby. By the way, my baby is my landscaping truck that was literally stolen from a job site. Baby, won't you please come home? Owning a small business isn't always as lovely as it sounds, but with 30-plus customizable coverage options, Progressive Commercial keeps your business humming along. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I love my sweetheart. By the way, that's my riding lawnmower. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage and discounts not available for all vehicles or states. Policy terms and conditions apply. Lincoln Black Label is your invitation to a uniquely elevated automotive experience revolving around you, including pickup and delivery, premium maintenance, vehicle care, Lincoln Concierge, travel collection, and culinary collection. Finley Lincoln is here to surprise and delight you all the way through your effortless experience. Then think Finley Lincoln in the Valley Auto Mall, Nevada's only standalone Lincoln Black Label dealership. Sign up today for a new William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports account and you can earn a $50 bonus on top of your original $50 or more deposit using promo code GET50. That's promo code GET50. The William Hill Nevada Mobile Sports app allows you to bet on the go from any iPhone, iPad, or Android device from anywhere in Nevada. Sign up today and you'll never miss another bet. With the largest wagering menu, the mobile sports app features live in-play betting on football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, and tennis. For more information, visit williamhill.us. William Hill is a proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. Your afternoon Raiders fix with your boy Q on Unnecessary Roughness. From 2 to 4 on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. Did you miss one of your favorite Raiders radio shows? Podcasts for the Morning Tailgate, the JT The Brick Show, Unnecessary Roughness, and In the Huddle can all be found on our website. So check out lvsportsnetwork.com anytime and listen whenever you want. Sound off Raider Nation. Join GT The Brick weekday 